Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. So much is going on right now in the markets. I mean, yield curve inversion, stock market roller coaster, gold's way up, oil futures are down. What's a real estate investor to do? Well, on today's edition of Clues in the News, we'll go beneath the headlines and find out how all this impacts real estate on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you've been listening to the Real Estate Guys for a while, then you've heard about the legendary Investor Summit. Simply put, it's the highest level event we do, and the content, faculty, and attendees are amazing. If you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level, consider joining us. You'll spend more than a week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals, and you'll have a blast. It all begins June 11th, 2020 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and get on the advance notice list. We'll spend two and a half days on land, learning and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for more classes, roundtable discussions, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to hang out with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 18th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. There is so much in the news these days, and a bunch of it pertains to where people think the markets are headed. So we thought we'd spend some time, as we have in our last couple of newsletters, talking about this stuff. And, you know, the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. Markets are good, real estate's strong, rents are durable, jobs are great, gold is high. So I think we need to dig into the headlines, and in case you don't know, uh, my co-host Russell Gray is constantly uh, surveying the news in lots of different places, certainly in the mainstream media, because that was what everybody's reading, but also in some of the lesser known places, because that's where some of the really good stuff is, and within specific in industries. For instance, even though we're real estate guys, and I certainly look at a ton of market stuff when it comes to real estate markets around the world, Russ is also paying attention to things like oil and bonds and gold and all that's critical if you want to understand where we are in the financial markets. Yeah, it's funny. I talk about it like the old game of mousetrap. If you're old enough to remember that game or you can get your hands on a copy of it, it's really interesting because you create this elaborate structure and uh, an event happens. You know, you, the little, you put the ball at the top of the little chute and it goes down and all these things happen and then eventually the trap falls on the mouse. And it's just a study in the mechanics of kind of cause and effect in a sequence of events. So each action has a reaction and a subsequent action, and it sets off this chain of events. So when I try to understand what's going on in the world economically and what really created this obsession, not that I wasn't already interested in it before, but, you know, we've talked many times on this show about what happened in 2008. And of course, being in the mortgage business at that time, you know, I was at the epicenter of it. I was at the very center of where the, the nuclear bomb went off, if you will. And even though I thought I paid attention and understood things, I, I only saw like maybe one or two levels up from mortgages. So I would look at mortgages and then I'd look at mortgage interest rates. And then I would look at the bond market, the 10-year treasury market. And that would give me an idea where interest rates were headed because most interest rates, at least in the mortgage business, pivot off of the 10-year treasury. 
And then I found out that there was a dance between the stock market and the bond market where when people were feeling good, investors would buy stocks or what they call equities. And they would buy them because they were feeling bullish, that the asset value of the stocks they bought was going to go up. It's all based on the premise of buy low, sell high. When they get fearful, they sell stocks and they go for safety in bonds, which are basically IOUs. And the best bond or best IOU you can get is from the U.S. government who prints the world's reserve currency, the dollar. So therefore, it's impossible for the Fed to ever default, according to Alan Greenspan, former Fed chairman, because they can just print as many dollars as they need to to pay off the bond. And so that's considered to be the center of interest rate risk. So the safest bond you can buy would be the treasury, and then everything out from that interest rates would go up. So I found out that when people would sell their stocks and bid up bonds, just like bidding up an apartment building, it causes the yield or an apartment building would be the cap rate to go down because you're paying more for the same coupon or the same net operating income, if you will, if you're using the apartment analogy. So that was as far as I ever looked at it. And then all of a sudden, the credit market seized up, as most of us who've studied what happened in 2008, even on a cursory level, understand the credit market seized up. Nobody was buying the mortgages, so mortgage originators would originate the mortgage and try to sell it to Wall Street. Wall Street would sell it to investors. Nobody was buying it. So everything stopped. Everything went no bid. And when, when anything that is based on a comparative sampling of value goes no bid, prices fall until somebody bids. And these things were in free fall so badly that major financial institutions like Lehman and Bear Stearns and Merrill Lynch – these major 100, 150-year-old institutions were just collapsing. Their balance sheets were imploding until the Federal Reserve stepped in, printed trillions of dollars, and bought up all this bad paper. So that's kind of the backdrop on where the obsession came from. And the further up the chain you go in terms of understanding what's happening, the more advance notice you have so you can rearrange your affairs in order to capitalize on the opportunities that will be created by whatever is going to happen and to mitigate the risks uh, to, that you may be exposed to based on whatever is going to happen. All right. So when you hear bonds and equities, stocks and investing in debt, well, you may be thinking that doesn't have much to do with real estate when in fact it really does because obviously interest rates are the fuel that we use to drive our real estate purchases. And most people anyway are going to buy using debt. And we're always paying attention to what interest rates are to real estate investors. And that's not the same as interest rates to savers and interest rates to other vehicles. But overall, those markets are going to move based on all of the underlying fundamentals. So recently, you probably heard that rates are headed down and the Federal Reserve is planning to cut rates another quarter of a point or 25 basis points. And we look at that certainly to say, okay, what's the long-term prognosis for owning real estate? Then we look short-term at housing markets. What's happening in a market where there's demand or where jobs are leaving or where there's a new industry coming in. But in between, there's all kinds of signals. And one of the big signals that happened this last week was this yield curve inversion. Can you talk about that, Russ? Yeah. So you hear you hear these, you know, financial talking heads talk about yield curve inversion. And so I, I look at a lot of these things as you don't necessarily have to understand them at a deep level. 
What you have to understand is what they mean. In other words, like if I'm driving down the road and I look at my engine oil and I can see the pressure is in the green range or the safe range, then I know my car is okay. If it falls below, I don't really have to understand where the oil pump is or how the oil is operating within the engine. I just know that if that thing turns red and that little idiot light goes on, that if I don't pull over and get some oil in my car, my engine is going to blow. And so the yield curve is like that. It's just a relationship between short-term interest rates and long-term interest rates. And common sense says if I'm going to loan somebody a bunch of money or buy a long bond, like a 30-year bond, I should get a higher rate of interest because I'm taking more risk because I'm putting my money out there for a longer period of time, especially when you're denominating the loan in something like dollars, a currency that has a 110-year track record of going down. A yield curve inversion says that the short-term interest rates are higher than the long-term interest rate. So that's what a yield curve inversion, the curve should slope up so that your lower rates are closer to you. And as time progresses, they go up as they go further forward in time. That would be a normal upward sloping yield curve. When it inverts, it goes the other way. And so you say, well, what does that mean? It means that people think that bad times are coming and that interest rates are going to fall and they want to lock in the higher yields today. And you don't even need to know that. All you really need to know is that the last seven recessions were preceded by a yield curve inversion, and the recession on average came 22 months later. So if you're a real estate investor and you're trucking along and you think, hey, this is the best economy we've had ever, boom, 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 stock market's great, or maybe not so much, but I don't care because I invest in real estate, what you don't see coming two years down the road, statistically, based on this event that occurred, is the high probability that we're headed into a recession. And if you understand that, then you can begin to think about positioning your properties, your markets, your price points, the demographics you serve, making sure you have thought about maybe the major employers that are in your area that carry the local economy you're in. How would these companies, how would this local economy, how would these tenants be affected if we were in a recession? And you can begin to decide, hey, maybe I want to get out of this market and go to a market that would be the beneficiary of a recession because there's always winners and losers. And, you know, whatever happens, there's always going to be a flow of money to and a flow of money away. And you just want to make sure that you're always in the flow of where it's coming, where the trend is going, where the puck is going, as Wayne Gretzky used to say. So that's really all that means. And the reason it's important as a real estate investor, and I go back to my personal experience in 2008, by the time I realized that the credit markets had seized, by the time I realized that prices had fallen and I was upside down on my properties, I went to put my properties on the market to sell them. And not only was I underwater, but I couldn't even sell them. There was no buyers. And that happened to a lot of people. We had condo conversions that were all predicated on people coming in with takeout financing. We had development projects all predicated on construction financing. And as credit markets seized up, we were so far out of position, we didn't have time to react. And so that's just, just one little example. That's why everybody obsesses about yield curve. Now, stock market investors, they can hit the sell button or the buy button, you know, immediately. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. And it goes on, you know, a zillion times a day. And it's just a roller coaster ride. But when you're investing in real estate, you're making long-term commitments. It's very stable. You're signing leases. You're making decisions about markets. It takes a while to earn back your your transaction costs and your due diligence expenses and all that. So you're, you're, you're making 
making these investments for, you know, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years or longer. The problem is it takes longer to unwind them also. And so you need a greater advance warning when you're investing in real estate. So the advantage is real estate moves slow, but also it creates a little bit of a, a liability, if you will, if you, if you don't learn to look a little further down the road. It's been said that you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. And that's really what we're looking for is kind of the canary in the coal mine. What are the things that signal that? To your point, you know, last week we saw the stock market take one of its biggest drops in a single day. In fact, I think it was the fourth worst drop on record. Uh, the Dow went down 800 points on the 14th of August, and that was a signal of recession fears, according to several articles. The one I'm looking at is from the Los Angeles Times, saying stocks drop sharply on recession fears. The Dow sinks 800 points. Meanwhile, FX Street said gold prices are reinvigorated by the yield curve inversion, and futures closed at the highest level since 2013. That came out on the same date. So gold prices picked up on fears of a global recession because those two markets, the stock market and the liquid metals market, can hit the buy or sell pretty fast. Yeah, and, and gold is a whole different story into itself. And there's there's some different components to it. It's a proxy for currency. And if you if you look at gold and study gold, and, and I do, you'll see that gold is at record highs in many currencies around the world, just not the dollar. And what happens is, is when people begin to lose faith in their currencies, and you've probably heard about China being labeled a currency manipulator, and Jim Rickards, who's been on this show, his original opening book to his series was called Currency Wars. And what he was saying is that when countries are trying to compete in international trade, they have an advantage when their goods are cheaper. So if they, if they devalue their currency so that the purchasing power of their trading partners goes up, they can sell more goods. That's why they do it. It's, and, and when they start competing and everybody's lowering their, their currency value, that's called beggar thy neighbor. President Trump is upset with China because he feels like they're doing it. Well, when people around the world begin to realize that the currencies that they're holding are potentially going to lose value, they look for something that allows them to step out of a currency and still hold liquid wealth. Some people are using Bitcoin, but the vast majority of investors and especially institutions and sovereign governments are using gold. Last year, central banks around the world purchased more physical gold than at any other time since 1970-something, right after Nixon took us off of the gold standard when he defaulted on Bretton Woods and, and the dollar collapsed. I mean, we think about insider trading. When it comes to currencies, there's nobody more inside than central banks. Well, if you think about yourself, it's just coming back to Main Street now. I'm a real estate investor. If you are denominating your debt, your mortgages in dollars, and you're denominating your leases in dollars, and you're denominating your cash reserves in dollars, and you are denominating your net worth in dollars, and dollars are changing in value, that's kind of important to know. And the bigger thing is what Peter Schiff talks about is what is the response that central banks are going to have if, in fact, a currency were to fail. Right now, we, and we've been talking about this for six years now, because it's like watching a slow motion train wreck. 
But since 2008, when the Fed took its balance sheet from like $800 billion to $4.5 trillion, the Chinese, in their ascent, were owning a lot of U.S. treasuries denominated in dollars. And they came over here and talked to President Obama about handling their investment in the United States of America, their big holdings of treasuries, responsibly. Well, we just continued to run up the debt. And at the same time, China's looking at that. So they began taking steps to build up their gold supplies, to create bilateral trade agreements with other countries, and to begin to de-dollarize in global trade. That started 10 years ago. Now, that used to be conspiracy theory nine years ago. Today, it's mainstream news, and you can see it happening all over. And so again, if you're listening, and we have listeners all over the place, all over the world, but if you're listening to this in the United States of America, and the only currency you've ever thought about, the only currency, the way you denominate everything you do is in dollars, it's time to wake up and start to pay attention because there is a concerted effort by the world's second largest economy in collusion with places like Iran and Venezuela, both big oil producers, and Russia, big oil producer. They're all working together to, to de-dollarize, which means that as the rest of the world dumps dollars, the dollars come back home, and then that's where you see inflation. Of course, as real estate investors, we love inflation, but we just have to be aware of it because it does hurt our tenants. And it makes it harder for tenants, even though even though tenants might be earning more money and spending more money, in terms of actual purchasing power, they're losing. And if you're on the top end of the market, you could you could be at risk. So it's a it's a bigger discussion, but but that's why we pay attention to gold, because gold is a proxy for currencies, and we all operate in currencies of one shape or another. And we just need to be aware of the relationship to gold and currencies. If you want to know more about gold and the metals, well, then come on out to the New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th. All the details on our website, or just send an email to neworleans at realestateguysradio.com. It's Clues in the News. We're talking about what's beneath the headlines and what the markets are doing. More when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, 
the 2020 Goals Retreat, January 17th to 19th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the thousands of people that have attended. Hear from some of them and find out more at realestateguysradio.com under events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2020 Goals Retreat on the third weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Hi, this is Anthony Mercury from Hotel Impossible, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Hey, if you ever wanted to do bigger deals using other people's money, then you need to come out to The Secrets of Successful Syndication. It's a two-day workshop that we do twice a year, the next one at the end of September in Dallas, Texas. All the details at realestateguysradio.com under events. It's clues in the news. Every few weeks, we take a look at the headlines and try to look beneath to see what's going on and, more importantly, how does it affect real estate investors. So we were talking before the break about gold. And keep in mind that gold and silver and the people that buy those buy them for a multitude of reasons. We generally believe that they aren't investments in any way because gold simply holds its value. It doesn't create any cash flow. It doesn't have any special tax incentives. It's a way to preserve wealth. But it's also a way to see what the sentiment of the market is. And I think before we leave gold, Russ, an interesting thing happened uh, in the last few weeks, and that has to do with the physical metal supply. So some metals, people say, well, I invest in gold because they invest in an ETF or maybe they invest in a mining company or they invest in a company that owns gold. Other people hold physical metals. And I remember you talking about this actual physical inventory and some abnormal behaviors there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and and that's really important to understand when you're looking at the gold market, you know, pricing is always driven by supply and demand. And if you remember the big run-up of Bitcoin where it hit 20,000, and then you heard the announcement that Bitcoin was going to be trading on the futures market, I remember telling my wife the day that announcement came that uh, I'm going to call them the powers that be, but uh, whoever you want to call them, whether it's just free market agents working, but the minute that the futures con Contracts, you could trade Bitcoin in futures contracts. It gives people the ability to manipulate and in some cases cap the price if that's what they're interested in doing. And so that's been going on with gold for a very, very long time because anything that exposes the weaknesses of the currencies is an enemy of the currency issuers. And so they want to try to muzzle that. I won't go too much down the conspiracy theory, but I think it's it's pretty well documented. And there's certainly been people that have been uh, prosecuted and fined for manipulating prices. Uh, whether they're doing it with some sinister motivation, uh, I'll leave that to people who are smarter than me, but it goes on. And so the the, the point at Main Street level is just to understand that you have the, the paper markets where people buy paper gold and they sell paper gold and they typically don't stand for physical delivery, meaning they're not asking anybody to show up and drop off a pallet full of metal uh, to their warehouse that they're going to keep. So a lot more paper gold and paper precious metals trade that way and it affects the price. Uh, a much smaller impact is on the physical market. In the physical market, you've got kind of the institutional people, the people who are buying it like sovereign 
wealth funds and central banks. And then you've got, you know, the retail investor, the mom and pop investor. Well, we've already talked about earlier how the central banks have been stocking up on gold, buying it by the ton, uh, loading up. Russia sold all of its U.S. treasuries and just bought nothing but gold. China has been building its gold reserves. So there's just a lot of gold accumulation. That's physical. And part of that, I believe, and nobody really knows for sure, is part of what's been pushing the price up. Of course, everybody wants to buy it, would like to buy it when the price is low, and that's a different discussion. But the the point is, is that the retail investor, at least from anecdotal stories, hasn't been part of that. The, the people that have been buying gold at 1100 and 1200 and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, some of those folks are walking into their local coin shops and they're, they're unloading. They're taking their profits. Yep. That tells you a little bit, again, going back to who's buying physical metal. Now, here's the thing. In the paper markets, way more, I mean, a ma- order of magnitude more volume is done in paper than in physical. So it's a lot like fractional reserve banking, where a lot more dollar-denominated transactions are going on than there are physical dollars in the world. And that's something else that's going on. There's a liquidity problem dollar-wise going on in the United States right now. But that's part of what's driving gold because there's starting to become a little bit of a physical shortage. Now, of course, all the gold that's ever mined still exists in the world, and it will come out at the right price. And this is where people who you know hold gold do it so they can pivot to any currency they want to. But to Robert, your earlier point, relative to other things of real value, like a barrel of oil, a house, a car, grain, copper, whatever, anything else that's real, gold over time tends to maintain its relative purchasing power. My favorite example is the is the 25 cent quarter. You know, the 1964 quarter was made of silver and the 1965 quarter was zinc clad copper. Well, today, however many years later, 50 years later, that 1964 quarter will still buy a gallon of gas just like it would in 1964 when it was issued, but the 1965 quarter won't. And the difference is the 1965 quarter is only currency, which means you can use it to exchange, but the currency has lost its value. Money is actually the metal and it retained its value. So kind of takes a little bit of time to get your mind around. But the point is in today's environment, gold is telling us that things that are real are becoming more important to people in the know. As a real estate investor, that's an important thing to know because we deal in things that are real too. So this is basically a good sign, but you just need to be aware because along with that comes the possibility of recession and stagflation. And that's a harder it's a harder economic environment to navigate and something we haven't really seen in the United States since the late 70s. So it's just something, you know, we're all studying together to make sure that we know how to navigate it because it's not something most of us who are investing today have ever seen, except Bob Helms. Yeah, the Godfather's seen it all. Well, we're not advocating necessarily that you go stock up on gold or silver. What we are uh, saying is that you should stock up on knowledge of the metals because they affect the markets and they can also tell us signs about the markets as is true for oil and gas. So last week, middle of the week, Yahoo Finance came out with an article that said crude oil price update. The EIA report shows unexpected inventory build. So here's the idea. When there's inventory building up, what do you think that does to the price? It lowers it. When inventories are being depleted, what does that do to the price? Typically raises it. So 
The selling now of futures, so futures are trading at a lower price, is being fueled by fears over a U.S. recession after the yield inversion that we talked about and weaker than expected economic data from China. So it looks like people are betting that oil's going down. Now, again, if oil goes down, that's not a bad thing for you and I. It's not a bad thing for our tenants either because they can afford more. And when they can afford more, they pay their rent on time. But it still has an effect on the big picture. Yeah, oil. I mean, if you think about it, we learned this from Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart over at Peak Prosperity. They really drew it to our attention. And that is that all economic activity is derived of energy. And in modern society, modern energy is primarily oil. And so as the cost of oil goes up, it's actually friction in regard to economic activity. That's why you see Donald Trump all the time advocating for lower oil, up production, up production, drop price, drop price, because it literally lubricates economic activity and making it more affordable. And so, you know, when, when you look at life the way Donald Trump does, you have, you know, cost inputs. And so he wants lower interest costs. He wants lower oil costs. The challenge is, from an economic perspective, a couple. The obvious one is businesses that make their money selling oil have a harder time making more money at a lower price. That may or may not matter to you, but if you think about what happened uh, coming out of the Great Recession, the economies in the United States that were producing all the jobs that were really leading the recovery out of the recession were energy-producing localities. Dallas-Fort Worth was one of the top ones, and we saw a lot of people go in there and ride that wave up. And a lot of that was a derivative of the energy business, which is a derivative of oil prices. If you remember, oil prices got up to, what, $130, $140 a barrel? The other side of it is an economic problem, and that is that uh, a lot of the shale oil has been built upon bonds issued by oil companies that were counting on higher oil prices. When those oil prices drop, they still have the same debt service. So it's like if you go out and buy an apartment building and you get a big mortgage and you're banking on rents being at a certain level and all of a sudden your rent's cut in half, well, I don't have to tell you what happens to you. It makes it very hard to service that debt and you potentially could default. Well, the great financial crisis happened when subprime borrowers couldn't make their loans and just that small sliver of the credit markets, because it had been levered up so highly in the derivatives market, set off a chain reaction of balance sheets imploding, as we talked about at the top of the show, where major, major institutions were collapsing uh, because the assets they held, these bonds that they were holding on their balance sheets were collapsing in value. Uh, right now, people are looking at student debt because those assets are collapsing in value. The defaults are way up. Bankruptcies are up. There's a lot of corporate debt out there and a lot of zombie corporations that uh, don't even earn enough profit to be able to service their debt. And they just keep extending based on you know high stock prices and, and, and borrowing. Uh, so there's a lot of fragility out there. And nobody knows what could be the catalyst that's going to ignite the debt bomb that creates the next whatever the debt implosion is going to be, what Peter Schiff calls the real crash. But one of the ones to pay attention to is all of the debt in the oil industry. So that's why we watch oil. We look at it for the cost of the input to the daily lives of our tenants when gas is more expensive and the goods that are shipped by 
fuel and all of that are more expensive, then it, it makes their cost of living more expensive. They're going to be resistant to rent increases. They may be moving out of higher price places into lower price places. Industry, especially those that are directly tied to energy production and the economies that are supported by them and the jobs that are supported by them, we want to pay attention to it for that reason. And then, of course, always paying attention to the health of the credit markets and where is that next black swan, which is the event nobody expects, right? Everybody's looking around trying to expect, but by definition, black swan is a thing that nobody expects. Uh, so it's it's it, there's a lot of things to pay attention to. But for, for again, for, as a real estate investor, the one thing, because this isn't supposed to be doom and gloom, the flip side of every problem is an opportunity. There were people that made fortunes coming out of 2008, and that's because they saw it coming and got in position. Kenny McElroy was one of those guys. We learned from watching him and other people that survived that and did well, hey, we just need to do a better job paying attention. And next time comes around, we're going to do well too. So there's a lot to be licking your chops at, so to speak, when you look at what's going on in the world right now. But there is a lot happening. And if you haven't been paying attention, and this is the reason we're doing the show and we've been kind of hammering on it as far as the newsletters and coming to the conferences and stuff, is because now's the time to pay attention. There's a lot going on. It's clues in the news. What's happening in the world and what it means to you as a real estate investor. Hey, speaking of Kenny McElroy, we're going to give away one of his best-selling books for real estate trivia when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. If you want to learn how you could potentially increase your net worth by over a million dollars and quit your job in just a few short years, listen closely for the next 60 seconds. This is Brad Sumrock, and over the past 16 years, I've helped thousands of people invest profitably in real estate but not just any type of real estate. I specialize in helping people syndicate large apartment buildings so that they can be business owners and investors. In today's competitive environment, it's even more important than ever to leverage an experienced mentor, invest in your education, and have a team of advisors that has established relationships nationwide. And so many people right now seem to be struggling to find deals and then get them funded, but yet Sumrock students are thriving in today's marketplace. We've purchased nearly 7,000 units and nearly one half billion in purchase volume over the past 12 months. And with the new Trump tax laws, apartment investors are positioned now better than ever before to pay even less in taxes. To find out more, send an email to apartmentsnow at realestateguysradio.com and you'll get my recent presentation called Why Apartments Now. That's apartmentsnow at realestateguysradio.com. This is Gary Johnson, and I'm here to say, listen to the Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. No matter how you do that, tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys. 
because this week it's buy one show, get one free. <laughs> no, the show's always free, but do tell a friend. Hey, it's clues in the news. What's happening in the markets, not just the real estate markets, and what are the clues we can get from that before we get back to that discussion? Time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question has something to do with a part of our topic today. When you hear the question and think you know the answer, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure to include your name, the answer to the question, and your physical mailing address because if you do that and you're the first person to get it right, you're going to get the ABCs of real estate investing, one of the great books by our friend Ken McElroy. Even if you're new to real estate investing, this is a great book for you. If you're a seasoned pro you haven't read it or haven't read it in a while, you're going to pick up some great stuff. Before we give you this week's trivia question, last week on The Real Estate Guys, we were talking about seasteading with Joe Quirk, and we asked this, name the world's smallest ocean. Billy. It's surprising all the things people guessed as oceans. There's only five oceans, actually, and the smallest of all five is the Arctic Ocean. Yeah, it only has an area of 5.4 million square miles. So it's a tiny little thing that extends between Europe, Asia, and North America. Most of the waters, by the way, in the Arctic Ocean are north of the Arctic Circle. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. We told you earlier that gold has hit a high, an all-time high, in many currencies, and that's true. In the U.S., it's now at its highest point in about six years. But gold reached somewhere around $1,900 an ounce. Some people say it was just over that. Some people say it was $1,899.70. Here's what I want to know. What month and year did that happen? And you can't guess, Russ. Russ knows dates, Russ knows gold, so you're not eligible. But uh, if you're listening, you just have to be fast. What month and year did gold reach its highest amount per ounce in U.S. dollars? If you think you know or you just want to guess, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, your guess, and your mailing address. We can send you the ABCs of real estate investing by our good friend Kenny McElroy. That's today's real estate trivia question. It's clues in the news, looking at all kinds of headlines. And if we haven't blown your mind already with headlines, I think this next topic is is really going to do it. And something I want to talk about, especially when it comes to real estate, something we thought actually could never happen has just happened somewhere in the world. And the part that takes getting your mind around is this idea of interest rates going so low that they're actually negative. Now, we didn't make that up. It's actually been like that for quite a few years in some parts of the world. Certain accounts you open, you put your money in at a negative interest rate, meaning you know you're going to get less than the principal back, but you do that because you believe it's stored safely. And maybe you want to touch on that before we talk about the unbelievable thing that actually has happened, Russ. <laughs> People say sometimes, oh, this time it's different. Right. And there's always different. I mean, there's always things going on in the world that are for the very first time. You know, this is the very first time that human beings have been able to connect and share ideas and how fast information travels. There's many things that are happening for the very first time, but this is one of them. So what's happening is there are some investors out there who are buying bonds, which is effectively lending money, and they are agreeing at the time they buy it that not only will they not get paid any interest, but when they get paid their principal back, it will be less than the amount 
that they lent or how much money they put in. Crazy. And you have to ask yourself, why would anybody do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is, is when you have large amounts of cash, you have to have some place to put it. And putting them in sovereign bonds is considered to be a relatively safe place to put it. There are people who put gold in storage and pay a half a point a year for the safety of having it safe and secured, guarded, insured, all of that. So there's a premium for safety. The other reason it happens is because of a belief that the rates are going to go even more negative. Remember, bond values, the price of the bond, just like the price of an apartment building, are inverse to the yield. So for example, when you hear cap rates are compressed, that is an income investor saying prices are high. In other words, the, the people are bidding up the apartment building to buy the same level of income. So the return they get on their bid is less. The same is true in bonds. And so if I'm a bond trader and I buy a bond that's yielding minus 0.5 and I believe that interest rates are going to go to minus one, then I can make a principal profit by trading that bond because it will go up in value when rates drop. And so there's some of that going on. So this is where there's a difference between investing and speculating. And you know we talk all the time about just the differences between what investing is and what speculating is. Buy low, sell high, especially when you're buying and selling things over which you have no control. So it's not like flipping a property where you're going to add value, you're going to fix it up, you're going to do something creative. But when you just buy something and expect to sell it at a higher price to somebody else later, what they call the greater fool theory, that's basically speculation. Now, if you're buying something that produces income and you believe that the income is going to go up and therefore drive up the asset value price, that's what we do with apartment buildings, for example, uh, then that's a way that income creates equity. And there is definitely some of that going on. That's called fundamental investing. But you know, for real estate investors, most of us focus primarily on the cash flow as our primary return on investment. And then we just trust that over time with the pay down of the loan and long-term appreciation and growth of rents that we're going to get some equity build up and, and get a nice equity pop somewhere down the road. But it's a difference in mentality. All right. But hey, before we leave this whole negative interest rate thing, it's top of mind on the news because August 1st, Bloomberg came out and said negative yielding debt hits a record $14 trillion. So it's not like occasionally some guy puts 100 bucks in the bank and is expecting to get 99 back. It's $14 trillion. And then the unspeakable has just happened in the country of Denmark. Home buyers can now get a 10-year mortgage at negative 0.5% interest. Now, that's crazy. We talked about when negative yields first started, like, well, it's not like there's going to be a negative mortgage where the bank's going to pay you to own the property. And yet it just happened. Yeah, there's a lot of desperation to create new paper because these balance sheets are all chained together and it's complex. But this is what derivatives are all about. There's just there's a lot of debt in the world. And you have to understand that asset values are the inverse of debt. The more debt, the higher the value. All you got to do is look at the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, look at the stock market, look at the value of homes, look at the number of mortgages. You can see that asset values and debt are correlated. When debt markets collapse, so do asset prices. So if you have built your whole portfolio around net worth, and, and I did that at one point in my life. And I was a multimillionaire on paper. 
But when the asset prices collapse, all of a sudden, you know, there's no cash flow coming in. And I was revealed to actually be quite poor. And it was it was faux wealth. Well, there's a lot of faux wealth in the world right now. And that's where I really believe, and you hear us beat the drum for syndication all the time. So I'm going to just do a mini commercial, Robert, if you'll indulge me. Because right now, the world is probably going to turn to real estate just like they did after the dot-com crash. They're going to turn to real estate just like they did after the 2008 financial crisis, even though the financial crisis really put a black eye on real estate. But people who were paying attention realized it really wasn't real estate that was the problem. It was the credit markets and the bond markets and the mortgage markets behind the real estate. People who are doing real estate right still won. And I think that we're at a season right now where the world is getting so bizarro. And when you start having free money, it means anything that's real, especially anything that's real produces income, is going to catch a bid. And the time to get in on the action, in my opinion, is now because you can lock in long-term cheap financing. Might it go down a little bit? Yeah, but I wouldn't take a chance on floating a rate on a long-term mortgage right now. And I would not count on being able to flip out of that property in three or five years because you don't know what the landscape's going to look like. Buy it based on the strength of the local economy, the strength of the income, put in good, solid financing underneath it, take good care of your customers, and you're going to have something that the rest of the world is going to desire. And if the only thing stopping you from doing more is lack of money, they're printing money hand over fist. And it's coming out of the stock market right now, and it's looking for a new home. A lot of it's going into gold at the, at the higher levels. More and more of it is going to be looking to attach itself to real estate, and they'll do that through debt. They'll create more and more mortgages. I'm already seeing it because I'm on a lot of the newsletters from my days in the mortgage business, and I'm seeing – I got this one thing the other day. It said that all you needed to do was have a 680 FICO and two years of bank statements – then they change it to only one year of bank statements. The last one I got was only one month. And all you had to do is show deposits. They didn't even look at withdrawals. So I could take the same $10,000, put it in, take it out, put it in, take it out, put it in, take it out. And they would say that I have $10,000 a month of income. Hey, we're getting rich. Just like when the government prints money. Right. Now you talked about all the reasons it makes sense to be a syndicator. Add to that the new tax incentives that really favor real estate investors and opportunity zones. And that spells the reason to come on out to the secrets of successful syndication. It happens the last weekend of September. It's a way to start a business as a fund manager for real estate deals. And the timing is awesome. It's clues in the news. More when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. 
But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming Investor Field Trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on Events. See Paradise for yourself. Click Events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Do you have a self-directed IRA invested in a syndication? Guess what? It's a ticking time bomb. Why? Because IRAs get hit with UBIT taxes, even Roth IRAs. Hi, I'm Damian Lupo, and we fix this problem for you forever. It gets even better because using the EQRP, you can literally get rid of taxes from all of your gains forever and protect your nest egg. The EQRP is the best vehicle to get it done. IRAs can't do it, not even Roth IRAs. You see, UBIT happens whenever any type of IRA invests in anything with debt. Don't worry, even if your IRA is already invested in a deal, we can kill that tax. Our team at Total Control Financial is here to give you control of your retirement money and free you from that deadly IRA tax forever. Want to learn more about the EQRP? Send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com. I'll email you my special report and send you a copy of the QRP book. Paying a 37% UBIT tax is stupid. First step to getting rid of that tax is to send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com today. Hey, it's Kyle Wilson, Jim Rohn's 18-year business partner, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Come on out to create your future. Our 2020 goals retreat happens the third weekend of the new year in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a new you or discovering the old you. All of that is on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. Talking about clues in the news, and we've talked about a lot today. There's a lot more we could talk about, but I want to make it tangible. What does it mean to you as a real estate investor? Obviously, interest rates a big part. No big worry about interest rates getting sky high or out of control or any of that. As Russ said, better to preserve a great rate today and have it go down a little bit than to miss it. So that's a, a great thing. A couple articles that came up, and, and, and this first one illustrates the fact that even real estate folks can read the writing on the wall and take action because of it. This came out on Fox News on July 24th. California residents are fleeing to Nevada and Arizona as high taxes and home prices force them out. Well, that's probably not exactly news, but it does signal one of the important things in real estate is that people are always moving in and out of markets. Net in migration, we call it. Are more people coming in than out? That bodes well for the market. Are more people leaving than entering? That's not so good. So if I was a real estate investor and I saw an article that says California residents are fleeing to Nevada and Arizona... I'd want to dig beneath the hood, find out where in Nevada and Arizona and why, and that could have a huge impact on prices. I'd want to know the tax rates in Nevada and Arizona because they're not the same, and so on. Another uh, article that came out in The Guardian back in early August, London house prices fall at the fastest rate in 10 years. So if you don't know anything about London, it's one of the most expensive markets on the planet, and it hasn't gone down for a while, but all of a sudden, there's a huge drop. And you can't see this chart I'm looking at, but it's it's huge. Prices are moving down. And that's the point that at some point, it just doesn't make any sense. If you study gold and you go back to look at the high, as we talked about on Real Estate Trivia, there's all the reasons why it couldn't sustain. Our friend Brian London, the editor of the Gold Newsletter, kept telling us recently, you know, two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, guys, we're going to 
surpass some breaking points and, and gold's going to go up, just you watch, and it has. Well, real estate's the same thing. You can't sustain year-over-year -year gains forever. People will move. Employers will change their plans. Things happen. So this isn't to get all locked up in knowing every single index out there. It's really just to make sure you're paying attention. And if you'll just pay a little bit of attention to the things other than just strictly real estate, then great things can happen. Yeah, I think I think one of the other points on that, like in a place like London, the same thing's happening in New York and a lot of major cities that were considered uh, where global wealthy people would buy uh, assets to park their wealth. And some of that is going away because some of those economies aren't doing as well. And China is probably uh, near the top of the list. So the lesson there, though, as an investor is when, especially if you're investing for asset price and you want to buy low, sell high, whether you're flipping or you're planning a short-term hold, is always be aware of where the money is coming from that's driving the market. If it's coming from the credit markets, that's good to know. There are a lot of people that are wealthy that come in with cash, could be coming out of the stock market. You got to pay attention to that, could be coming from a foreign country and you need to pay attention to that. You're, the realtors and the, the people who are at the street level will will know some of that, even if it's just anecdotal. And then you can look at some things in the news. But the point is, we have as real estate investors, I think it's important to kind of get your nose off the grindstone and look up and understand what is driving uh, both what's happening at the tenant level, what's happening in the local market level, what's happening at the asset price level, what's happening at the credit market level, so that you can make better decisions about which markets, which price points, which demographics uh, that you're going to be in so that you can weather storms. Because storms come and storms go, and you're either going to win or you're going to lose. And a lot of it is just how aware and prepared you are. Hey, speaking of great real estate markets, if you've ever thought about being an offshore investor, looking at investing in another country, come on our Belize field trip. It happens November 15th through the 18th in Amherst Key, Belize. All the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events, where you'll also see places that the Real Estate Guys will be some of the events we put on some of the events other folks do that we show up at love to meet real estate guys listeners so come on out and hang out with the real estate guys until next week go out and make some equity happen this episode of the real estate guys radio show is brought to you by paradigm life powerful cash management strategies using life insurance learn more at beyourbank.com Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.